Hey, 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 welcome back to Spilling the GNT. You're here with Bolo. I'm Dr. Tom. No, we're here to give you the opinion you never really asked for. But we're giving it anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, Bolo here is a performer. Hey, and Dr. Tom is a psychiatrist. Hmm. And we're here to give you our professional, professional? professional review on RuPaul's Drag, Drag Race UK. UK. You ready, Doctor? Uh, more than ready. Well, let's get into it. Hey, how's it going? How's it going? Yeah. Hello, fans. <laughs> Hello, GNTinis. Hey, GNTinis. Hey, GNTinis. How you going? Hi, guys. Oh, I wonder if it's the gene teeny that we saw in a Mauritania, because apparently, uh-huh. according to our stats, we've got no, we're international. Oh, it's we international. We have been uh, touched and amazed to see that we've got listeners in uh, various parts of the world, from Mauritania to the Philippines, Spain, Spain, France, Japan. Canada, uh, Canada, UK, U- US, and Australia, of course, Australia, New Zealand, New Zealand, New Zealand, far out. Yes, no, it was, it's, <laughs> it's, it's very humbling to know that oh, there's wonderful. people outside of Chris, <laughs> B, Aaron, Nathan. I don't even think Nick, Nick, Nick's not even listening. He listens <laughs> to the first one and he's out. But I know you're listening, B. I love you, girl. I love you, girl. Mm. My my immediate family haven't even downloaded iTunes. Well, yes, well, yes, they, they, that's <laughs> much right. as I love them, they're um, not supporting who was us. It, what was that? What was it? Uh, she was over today. Um, your sister Nelly. Yeah, she's, she's like, oh, I haven't listened to it yet, and I'm like, really? <laughs> mm. <laughs> mm. Thanks for your support. Yeah, thanks, babe. <laughs> thanks. Uh, we love you, Nelly. Um, no, cool. So, <laughs> what a week it's been. We're gonna get into episode three, of course, mm. of RuPaul's Drag Race UK. Yeah. First thing I want to talk about is. Um, one of the drag queens that we follow and that we love from Dragula, mm-hmm. uh, Priscilla Chambers, yes. has just come out as transitioning. She's on hormones now. She's actually yeah. going from drag to oh, a transgendered well, woman. She, yeah, she identifies as a, as a transgender woman. Um, Which is beautiful. Absolutely. And she she's living her best life and sending lots of love and congratulations to Priscilla for... Um, yeah, living her best life and being so happy. It just, it just got me thinking... What role, doctor, this is for you, Mr. Mm-hmm. Psychiatrist, <laughs> what role does drag play in helping people transition? Because it, it seems to me like there are a few uh, queens in RuPaul's Drag Race. we got mm-hmm. um, Gia Gunn, we got yeah. um, Peppermint, we have Carmen Carrera, we have... Um, Kylie, Sonique Love. So Sonique. A lot of these queens, do they... In my mind, it seems to me like they kind of use drag as a way to tiptoe into what it's like to to be a woman. I guess um, you know that, that's that's just me being really really simple. Do you yeah. want to? Can you just talk about that? Uh, uh, you know, I guess little preface. Neither of us are coming from a place of experience, um, but uh, I think we we do see this story um, quite regularly on Drag Race and Dragula, mm-hmm. and I think um, it, the the impression that I get is, is trans women have always been part of the drag scene. Um, can't be separated from the scene, yes. nor should They're they really be. At Stonewall, absolutely. And, and FYI, no one died. No one died at Stonewall. No one. Died. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, continue. <laughs> um, and it, it, I, I, w- I think that the drag clubs and the drag scene might give people who are curious about their gender or exploring their gender a safe space in which to do so. Um, where hopefully they're not judged or marginalized and hopefully welcomed with open arms. And these may be people who fear rejection from their family, mm-hmm. might be experiencing actual rejection for their family. We should remember that trans people um, still, sadly to this day, uh, a marginalized and unsupported community who face um, violence and oppression on a day-to-day basis. Um, and hopefully the drug community provides them with a support system and a way of being themselves. Cool. Um, so yeah, just coming back to Priscilla, it's amazing to see her because her, part of her storyline in Dracula was her battle with, with, uh, substances. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, let's hope that she's, uh, in a happier, healthier space now that she's, um, living her best life as a woman. We, um, you'll hear it later on from our mobcast, but we did, mm-hmm. um, interview, uh, a Miss Barbie. Miss Barbie A Pink. beautiful, lovely, gorgeous, trans, um, trans woman. Yes. Um, who does drag. Yes. Um, you'll be here, if you stay later on, uh, you'll be hearing the interview that we had, um, with her. So yeah. that'd be great. If, yeah, obviously, I know that you'll know that Tom has done drag before. <laughs> once or twice. Once or thrice. It's, um, it's a bit like how they talk about on this episode, you know, I did drag at the weekend, I'm a drag queen now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not the case, not the case. What is, if you did drag, what are you, what's your drag name? 
I've got a couple. Yeah. Um, um, (laughs) um, One would be um, Electra Complex because that's... um, uh, It's it's a bit of a chauvinist concept, really, but in Jungian psychiatry, that's... um, do, do, do you need a, an espresso shot? <laughs> um, in Jungian psychiatry, it's a concept that's sort of the female an- analogy of the um, of the Oedipus complex. So my concept for um, for Electric Complex would be that she'd be she'd go for a kind of like Greek mythology kind of look, you uh-huh. know, floor length gowns. Um, um, lots oh, we've of... just lost the listener from Spain. <laughs> Sorry, still going. But uh, but also she's got a daddy complex, and haven't okay. we all? No, no sorry. <laughs> the other one, the other name that I had uh, in the bag was Slagatha Christie. Mm. Or if anybody's been watching the news lately... Um, Not to be confused with... Wagatha Christie. Yes. <laughs> A.K.A. Colleen Nolan. My, I've, I've, I have the good props to Clean be... Nolan, sorry, Clean Rooney. Props to be for my drag name, it would be Visa Decline. <laughs> Not from experience, yeah. surely. <laughs> because I'm always in overdraft <laughs> and I'm here illegally. <laughs> um, and the other one would be, I know that you think that uh, Polynesia. Polynesia. But I think that's, I don't like that. Um, my other one would be Dorna Raid. I love that. Which is quite controversial in, um, in, in New Zealand because it was a time where um, police would basically force entry into a lot of Polynesian homes and deport people back to the islands. So this is me doing a something wrong um, and reclaiming it. Reclamation. Yes, and my character would be like my mom. Now, people, <laughs> my mom is infamous. <laughs> Everyone knows about my mom. She's the loud. She's really, really out there. Um, she's on YouTube under Big Mama Siva, which is <laughs> she's shown trying to, violently stop two women from <laughs> arguing by getting violent <laughs> so yeah my mom my mom takes no crap for she anyone a she's a strong woman and i think my drag character would definitely be like that you'd channel her wouldn't you very much so all right let's get into the episode okay so can we please episode three rupaul's drag race okay yes. okay let's get into it now now um it starts off which i love with vivian saying we've come to a point in a competition where we've gotten rid of the dead weight <laughs> she, tell, which, it, tell her who is girl yes yes please <laughs> yeah and um everyone's just like quite shocked but she speaks the truth She's speaking the truth.com. We see quite a lot of this from the Vivienne this episode. She's quite a direct communicator, isn't she? And and I also think she's becoming confident with communicating yes. that way. I think she's kind of established. I think she knows where she sits in the pack. Yeah. It's the week three. She mm-hmm. knows where she sits in the pack. And she's like, you know what? I, I can say this. Mm-hmm. I'm, I've done this one. And I kind of sussed out everyone here. Yeah. So, I, yeah, this is this is this is who I am. In this pack. She's reminding me a little bit of sort of maybe Raja from season three, who just stood out from the pack from the outset and um, wasn't backward in coming forward and communicating her opinion to Queen so she could have considered less polished or less mm. experienced in herself. And I mean, I think Gothy Kendall and Scaredy Cat both had loads of potential. They're both clearly creative, you know, really visually talented people. Um, and I'm excited to see what comes from in the future. But, you know, could they have been on Drag Race UK a few seasons later, perhaps? You know? Yeah, definitely. We talked about demographics, youth appeal, that kind of thing, haven't we? Well, yeah. In terms of their casting. We're looking at um, Blue. Congratulations to Blue. Blue mm. lip synced last week. She survived. We yes. said goodbye to Scaredy Cat. Blue's, um, so she's coming to this episode with a newfound confidence. Mm. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's really, really funny because she does say that, you know, performance is what she does four times a week. And I'm like, really? <laughs> with that lip sync you did? What are you doing? Makeup tutorials on stage? <laughs> like, what, what, what is she doing? Four times a week? That it was an interesting take on it, wasn't it? Because she she put her heart and soul into that limp sync. Yes. Limp sync? Was it a limp sync? <laughs> a lip sync? Too much jeans here. That was a Freudian slip, I think. Um, but um, she didn't like show like amazing performance chops, did no. she? She went for it, bless mm. her, and she deserved to win it. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's like we said, her performance shows that she has great makeup skills, <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah. Her performance showed that she is beautiful. <laughs> exactly. Um, you, we actually start to see more of Blue's personality, Blue's character during this episode. And mm-hmm. there is there is a a new Blue in town, basically. New Blue. There's a new 
blooming hydrangea. No, that's not working. Well, that's what they spread there. I know. It? I'm sorry. No. I'm just desperate, <laughs> desperate for airtime. What oh, can yeah, I say? Gosh, damn. <laughs> um, there is a recap on Cheryl and her fakeness. Mm. And one would hope that Cheryl takes the advice. I mean, if Cheryl's friends who know her personally are telling Cheryl, babes, you're just not being yourself. You're... No. You're, you're you're being someone completely different. If your friends are telling you, who know you, mm-hmm. take a hint from it. Now, she seems to be, like, not taking it. But as we see through the episode, yeah. even though she denies that she, she's, she's quite stubborn, she wants to let everyone know, I'm not being fake, this is me, I want to keep being me. But she actually does change. I think so, too. Yeah, she I, actually does well, change. Well, touching it again, I think, but I like Cheryl a lot more this episode. Yes. I really felt like she, she relaxed into herself a lot more, which is lovely to see. Today's mini, well, this week's mini challenge, they have to dance from the Maypole. Now, can you tell me what, is it, that's a British thing, the Maypole? I mean, like, I'm no expert on the Maypole, but it's... For it's our a, fans in Mauritania, yes. Spain, Japan, and Singapore, and the Philippines, could you, <laughs> hi guys, um, can you please explain to them what the Maypole is, or what, what, what tradition it plays? I think it's derived from sort of like ancient pagan traditions, it's one of those things that celebrates the coming of spring, and... You'll, you know, traditionally you'd see, um, you know, beautiful new bow, English rose type maidens dancing around ribbons attached to a pole in like a village square. Uh-huh. Um, and it, yeah, it's generally, it? it's generally just a sort of like country pagan derived celebration of spring type tradition. Mm, yeah. right. So the mini challenge that they have to dance around the maypole. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um and then every now and then we'll get, um, as they're dancing, a RuPaul song will come on. Yes. And then um, each queen will have to do a freestyle, mm. basically. Yes. Who stood out to you in that one? I'm going to say my standouts were none of them, actually. It was, it was actually quite a blase. It was a blase. Bla- blase da. Yeah, it was very blase. The only thing I do want to say is that a lot of the queens, you know, gave it their all. Yeah. And I feel for a mini challenge... Like, don't go out and start doing your death drops, your splits, your backflips. Don't give the best of you because, like, it's not mm. effective the second time you see it. So if you are lip syncing, you do want you, you do want to save your best tricks for the stage. That's what I feel. I get where you're coming from. Yeah. Um, I agree to a certain degree, but Rue often tells the girls, like, don't, don't hold back, don't say things till later, your time is now kind of thing. And I do also think... Mini challenges may seem frivolous, but they're not entirely throwaway because they can give you an element of power for the rest of the episode. Well, they they can, but um, who was it? Alaska said she was told when she went on RuPaul's Drag Race, someone told her the best way to survive RuPaul's Drag Race is don't win any of the mini challenges. Because it puts you as like a team leader. Because it puts you the team leader and, you, and, yeah, yeah. and it puts you directly on the firing line. Um, so I think that's another thing as well to consider. Like you really don't want it because when you're team captain, you always go down with the ship. That's ironic because I think Alaska won the most but mini, yeah, well, mini that's, challenges that's in her season. Alaska was like, yeah, yeah, someone told her not to win, but she's just so competitive. And when <laughs> yeah. she got there, she's like, yeah, okay, I'm not going to win any mini challenges. <laughs> and the mini challenges came and she's like, okay, she's going to win. She <laughs> went for it. So she won most of it as well. But I think, it, it, you know, potentially you're given powerful opportunities like, you know, setting up the order. Of yes. of the stand up comedy challenge, choose be getting first choice in teams, which can be crucial, you know. And also, if it's a um, designing challenge, first dibs and some of the materials, which well, is a neat segue. <laughs> well, neat to go into. Um, in well, let's give Raven a big hey because Raven, ah, hey makes Raven, it, Raven, that's so Raven. That's so Raven. I stole that from you, didn't I? I, I heard him say. <laughs> you got right in there. I with heard that. him say earlier. And I thought I'd just get him <laughs> and say before you. <laughs> Quoth the raven. Yeah. Um, the raven makes a cameo. She looks bloody beautiful. Mm. Um, the main stage... I thought Raven was... Sorry to interrupt, but I thought Raven was doing a little Scouse accent when she came in. I forgot what she, she said now. No, but she goes, you're, fuck, you're fucking shite. Exa- I thought she was attempting Scouse, though. Was it? Quoth, quoth the raven. You're fucking shite. You're fucking shite. <laughs> I thought... Um, so the main stage Mexi challenge, as um, RuPaul says, is posh on a penny, which is basically drag on a dime. It is. And this is, this has had many iterations. Usually usually the first challenge of the season, um, but over many seasons, it's come up in different shapes and sizes since season one, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's about kind of let's construct an outfit out of materials that are unconventional and often cheap mm. and it's about a queen's creativity technical skill ingenuity vision but also how do they bring it to life on the main stage 
performance factor, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so they basically have to use random items from the car boot sales to make high fashion looks. And because Cheryl won, she gets a 15 second head start. And the first thing that she grabs is a box of gloves. <laughs> now you've got quite a good theory on why this was. Yes, well, I, for me, the reason she took the uh, box of gloves is because on season 10 of RuPaul's Drag Race U- US, um, Mayhem Miller had mm. the gloves and she actually constructed a beautiful avant-garde kind of mm. look with the gloves. She ended up actually winning that challenge um, on the first episode, Mayhem Miller. So I'm wondering if Cheryl saw the gloves and popped into her mind that, oh, I can try create a similar concept yeah. that um, that Mayhem did and mm. I don't think <laughs> she executed it nearly half as uh, as well as she wanted to the um, the execution was not as successful i think no uh, we'll come on to it later um but that's definitely what i think i think i think she really just tried to copy another queen yeah. because I mean, as we can see she's at the moment we're not really seeing the true Cheryl cole she emerges Hole, sorry, Cheryl Hole. That's right. There's she, a recurrent theme. You she seems to stop because I can't. She, she <laughs> seems to define her drag. Well, she's she's pushing herself. Yeah. Um, her Cheryl Hole image as, as other queens or other queens have done well, and she's taking the tonguepop.com from Alyssa. She's taking all of these mannerisms and yas yeah. from the other queens, and now she's taking the style and costumes from Mayhem Miller. Like yeah. I just, I just really want to see Cheryl at this moment. Like, yes. can I? I just want to see see a bit more of her. Thankfully, she does emerge like a butterfly from a chrysalis over this episode, doesn't she? Or like a phoenix that was crystallized. <laughs> Traded, Traded like in like the session. Um, so he gutted me. Yes. Uh, I didn't die. So all the queens obviously kind of ramble for what's left over to make their outfit. Um, I see <laughs> poor vinegar. Oh, see, the thing about vinegar, what you what we seeing here is that vinegar really doesn't have the best aesthetic. And now when RuPaul is doing the walkthroughs, mm-hmm. even RuPaul is like, your style is is very hodgepodge, <laughs> hodgepodge. Now I just want to talk about your design aesthetic because seeing you in this competition, your drag is sort of kind of. Um, Uh, it's kind of, um, uh, sort of hodgepodge. Hodgepodge. I can go for hodgepodge. Vinegar has a journey this episode, I think, where she she has a gradually dawning realisation that maybe, just maybe, her outfits aren't up to par. Now, we've said many a time, haven't we, that she's an amazing performer and we love her her personality and her warmth and what she seems like a lovely person and a you know real talent mm. but the looks vinegar my friend um <laughs> like even the beginning yeah baby at the beginning of the episode she calls herself is it the ceo of tips in that frankly busted um bond girl outfit she's quite confident in her looks i yeah. mean if, yes even when rupaul said it's hodgepodge she says her responses you know her outfits touch on glamazon um <laughs> sorry her, her outfits her thing is glamour with a sense of humor behind it i'm like what glamour you have not presented any glamour in any of the looks that you have showcased on the runway love and also the, the humor like are we laughing at you? Are with you there, Vinegar? Yeah. <laughs> She's great. Um, we go to Beggar. Beggar. Beggar seems to be getting by on her charm and her personality. Rue clearly likes her as well. Yes. Rue likes spending time with Beggar. And I, and I think that she's like she's even talked about how she bargains people down with yeah. prices. She hasn't paid a taxi because of her gob. So she oh, she is... I, th- I think a specific use of her gob. She yeah. says favours. Yeah. Well, <laughs> she, she, she's used to her charm. Her charm yeah. gets her through life. And I feel like she's relying on her charm yeah. to get her through um, RuPaul's Drag Race. Well, I think it, it's it's a combination of charm and talent. It's her, it's, it's her looks, maybe. We did comment last week she didn't get red for wearing a look that did not fit the runway theme mm. um and i think it it could be a theme that emerges through the rest of the season i mean we'll get onto her actual runway look a bit later but her her like charming personality and how it shines on stage yes leads the judges away from critiquing her too heavily i think yep definitely i agree with that yeah divina campo there's something so beautiful 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 
beautiful. There is something yes. so beautiful. She's so about beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Tunable or beatable? Um, there's something beautiful about uh, Davina De Campo's vulnerability. Mm. Especially since she's a seasoned queen. Now, she is someone, and I'll tell you what I love about Davina. She has put her CV, she, she left her CV at home. Mm. She came into this competition as someone who was not going to not gonna really brag. Mm. She's um, she's quite humbled herself. Mm. She, she's very, very humble. There's something really, really beautiful about that. And um, I just, I, I think it's making everyone grow to love her even more because yeah. everyone's kind of expecting her to be that kind of diva. I've been there, done that, got the T-shirt, made the T-shirt, sold it again. <laughs> we kind of expected that, didn't we? We, we did, th- yes. We thought she was, you know, there's potential for her to get quite bitchy and defensive when critiqued. Mm. But she's that, you know, that often comes from a low self-esteem place anyway. But in her case, that harsh inner critic, she gets in there first, doesn't she? She's she the does. first one to criticize herself. And actually, RuPaul and the other judges are like, babes, you need... Ba- ba- <laughs> you're actually... You're being too hard on yourself. Yeah. You're very, very good. Yeah. You're very good. And, and and I think, A, she needs to hear that from RuPaul and the others, mm-hmm. but I don't want her to lose that. Because I think yes. that the harder she is on herself, the more she's going to be better. I, yeah. think, I think I think that's what drives her is her own self-critiques and her own yeah. motivation. I think that's what pushes her to be amazing. And it's very sweet that Rue reinforces the message that she got on the main stage last week, yeah. doesn't she? Mm-hmm. She's very kind of... Um, um, the, the act of performance was fab. You brought nuance. You brought layers. Um, stop being so hard on yourself, please. And I think Davina has a little moment there and she's like, do you know what? I'm going to accept this criticism. She um, won't. I She's still inside going, mm-hmm, is Rue just being kind? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, can I? Exactly. That's yeah. what I think. Maybe she's trying to get me off guard. Mm. No, no, no. If I'm doing well so far, from how I'm judging myself, I'll just keep doing it. She's going to tear me down later. <laughs> <laughs> she's setting me up. Next up, we have um, RuPaul and Blue Hydrangea. Blue Hydrangea. Um, what, what's, what's there to say about what Blue? I, I tell you what I love about Blue is that Blue is apparently, according to Crystal, an undercover shade queen. <laughs> um, reading the girls for doing gowns. Um, what I love the best is um, at the end of the, the discussion, she's like, RuPaul's like, yeah. thank you, Blue. She's like, okay, see you later, babe. <laughs> I was like, oh! Come through confidence. It was so over familiar and colloquial, yeah, was like, wasn't it? Babes, you call me babes. Babes, can you can you move your car, babes? You block me in, babes. Thanks, thanks, babes. Are, are, you, are you joining us for Cosmos later, babes? <laughs> babes, there's, there's no vegan options in the breaks, babes. Babes, can you talk to them about it? I'm not really feeling this week's challenge, babes. Babes, can you talk to the production team about <laughs> that, babes? Thanks, thanks, Except babes. She is feeling this week's challenge, isn't she? Because yeah. this should play to her strengths. She considers yes. herself a look queen. Well, she's definitely a look queen. Um, mm. She's very, very confident about going into this one, as yeah. opposed to last week, which was kind of panicking. Who else do we have? We've got Miss Vivian. Now, Miss, what I love about Vivian's discussion with RuPaul is that RuPaul asks the the age-old question that we've actually been yeah. <laughs> trying to answer yeah, yeah. every podcast, is what is British drag? And yeah. I want you to all know that we got it right. Because 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 we you know we we know our stuff don't we exactly exactly <laughs> um so Vivian basically says so if you were gonna describe what British drag is for an American I'd say British drag is all about performance I think you can look amazing but if you give you a microphone you can't work what's the point of you being here yeah the in general it's performance performance chops are what get you firing british yeah. drag you can, can look good you can yeah. blah blah blah, blah but yeah. if i give you if i give you a mic and you can't hold a room yes. you're not a drag queen and, and that goes back to what you said in our first podcast obviously you've listened to everyone so i don't know why i'm bringing it up to our long-term f- yeah. fans in uh but yeah, all over uh, the world. It, comes, it really comes down to hosting. Yes. And it really comes down holding to you holding a room. A room. Of, of, of drunk and rowdy people. Yes, and getting the bar flowing. Yes. Basically, that's yeah. traditionally what drag is, what British drag, I feel. And Davina uh, reinforces it later when she's speaking to Blue, when they're talking about kind of like generational aspects as mm. well. Um, but uh, yeah, Viv certainly confirms, doesn't she, that you can look as gorgeous as you like, but if you can't hold that room then you've got no right to be on that stage. Exactly. Um, I also I think Viv's another one who's who's familiar and kind of confident with Rue. When Rue pops over and Viv's like, I love, oh. <laughs> it's like Scylla Black, isn't she? I love, here's our game with a quick romance. Eh? <laughs> Let's talk about something wrong. 
Something wrong. Now, something no. has just ruined her best jacket, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all. That's all. That's all, that, that's all you're going to get from this episode. <laughs> is she ruined her best jacket for nothing. Do you know what? She's she's quite stubborn because RuPaul yeah. gives clues. When she's walking she around does. and she's seeing what you're doing, she's yes. like, oh, this is great. Oh, that isn't good. Now, she's basically yeah. like, oh, are you going to use that material? Oh, that's not very good on drag uh-huh. queens. Oh, you know, this is not... A, maybe this here would be better oh are you mm-hmm. sure you want to do that now are you sure you want to start doing tailoring you've never done it yeah, before yeah. she's giving every every Echo- and, she, and yeah. something wrong's just not taking it she's like no it's gonna be fine oh, it's gonna be fine like i said before it's like a murder mystery you know <laughs> it's like yeah. he kidnapped her yeah okay yeah he, he shot her okay yeah mm-hmm. his fingerprints are on the gun okay, oh, okay you still okay. don't believe me okay um, he has confessed he killed her he has no, I, okay no, you don't believe me. You still um, think it's the gardener. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's just like... He, he just looks suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> He's Hispanic. <laughs> ah! Woo! Jokes. <laughs> I'm a minority. I, 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 the minority said they're not doctor. Not doctor white privilege over here. Okay, so... so I'm, no the, mail. I'm the PC police. <laughs> um... I think, uh, and she's also echoing something that Viv tried to say to her earlier. Saying, mm. We've got a big soft spot for something. We really love her. But in this episode, like you say, if Rue if is giving you little nuggets of gold, you 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 take those nuggets, you You dip, scoff that, you put you, it in some mayonnaise and you, you, you bloody deep you, throat that shit till it's gone. <laughs> you dip it in dipping sauce and you scoff it down. Yes. Um, the, um, it's just unfortunate, isn't it? Like, um, something is not, but, I mean, it's just a recurrent theme season after season. The queens who are like, no, I'm sticking to my vision are the ones who end up in the bottom. And to be fair to her, I admire what she's trying to do. She's trying to, she she has a more ambitious project than most of the other girls in the room. Not most, probably, than a lot of the other girls in the room. Um, We'll see later in the episode whether it pays off or not. But mm. um, at the moment, the omens are ill. I think we're starting now to see alliances form we are within the girls mm. yes we've got i feel this what well, there's confidence corner apparently confidence and corner. that's um that's who was it it's um crystal and vivian and beggar yes then we've also got i also feel like blue hydrangea and davina the campo have some sort of friendship they've struck something up haven't they Kind of something I feel like Blue's kind of friendly to everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And then something one of vinegar, obviously. You, you see from this, this episode like that they've actually got, got them real, real close. Now, mm. there is a discussion that goes on between Blue and Davina the Campo that I was... It was basically about Blue bringing up how long have you been doing drag? Yeah. And it's it's almost... She says it in a... In obviously, it's a joking way. Yeah. It's, it's probably Blue's sarcasm and her humour is that she's um she, she likes to make little digs, but it's a joke. But mm. many a true words are spoken in jest. Absolutely. And I really feel like Blue taking the piss out of the age. I think she thinks that she's on the same level as Davina de Campo yeah. because they're both on the same show. I think there's a lot of Blue this episode feeling like in the first couple of episodes she's faded into the background well she did say she felt boring in yes. the last one and she's keen to make an impression this episode and she's getting a lot more she's getting a lot more camera time she's being a lot more vocal some of it i think is you know it's coming across as very confident and like you know she's reading a little bit she's throwing a little bit of shade um you know, for somebody who identifies herself as a nice person, she said that on numerous occasions, and I think she probably is a really sweet person, and this isn't her natural persona that's shining here. Mm. But um, there's there's a bit that really, like, one of those subtle little interactions in this bit I really loved, actually, um, was um, uh, in response to Blue kind of, like, reading Davina a little bit and saying something to the effect of, you know, you've been doing this for ages and you don't know what you're doing, ha, ha, ha. And Davina, very much like Dorian Corey in um, uh, Paris, Paris is Burning, is burning um, she says something to the effect of, um, nowadays everybody wants to be a drag queen. And this is very subtle look up and down that she gives to Blue that just lets her know, like, girl, I've been doing this for years. Put your makeup brush down. You're not on my level. Yeah, <laughs> it was just such a little because she was wearing. She'd put on some white mascara as well, and she had her uh, avant-garde red stripe across her face, and it was just like you could just see her her, her eyes flicker up and down. Just a, a quick, you know, letting her know. Yeah, it's. I think, but yeah, she she does touch on an in- interesting topic, which is mm. I think anyone with a paintbrush these days mm. um, throws a bit of makeup on them and calls themselves a drag queen. She's, yeah. 
She says that, doesn't she? Yeah. You know, um, I was a drag queen at the weekend. She's sort of paraphrasing people saying, isn't she? But um, um, it, as as is echoed by numerous queens, this episode it takes it takes skill, it takes talent, it takes tenacity, it takes um, bravery. You know, these these we love these guys. That it takes they're skill. Yeah. That's all I that's all I can say about it. Really, I, I think I for me, I, I'm not, I'm not the person who tells you what drag is, but for mm. me, if I give you a mic and you can't hold a room. I don't think that you're a drag queen. Oh, that's a bit. That's a bit. Is it? Is it? A bit, is it too much? It's your opinion. That's my opinion. But that's what I feel. I said I felt. <laughs> I, f- I feel if I if I give you a mic <laughs> and you can't hold a room, yeah, get your ass out. It's like it, yeah, if you're not doing that, then you're you're looking gorgeous. But yeah. what, what you're giving me is a punter. Kind yes, of thing. Uh, you're just yeah. Th- yeah. That's that's what I feel, and I th- and I think it's echoed with the Vivian. I think it's always yeah. it's uh, sorry, it's also echoed by um the Vinda the Camper. Yeah. So you have to hold a room. You have to be more than just a, a, b- a bit of makeup on you. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on Confidence Corner? Who was um Vivian Bag and Crystal? I mean, Bagger and Vivian were drawn to each other from the outset. Yeah. They they clearly knew each other before coming in there. Mm. They, um, ha- I think they have a similar sense of humor. They've got a really similar sort of like northern sensibility, I think. And I th- they just, I think it just, they're a really natural fit together. And they admire each other's talents as well and see each other as talented performers very much in the mold that we've just described. Um, Crystal is, is, you know, not as natural a fit with those guys, I don't think. No. Um, well, the, what I was telling you was that I would I assumed that the Vina de Campo, mm, the Vivian, yes. and Beggar would be quite close because they're yes. actually the seasoned queens. They're actually the queens that people know about. Yeah. That, you know, you think UK drag, you know those three. Mm-hmm. And I and I was thinking, I, 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 there's, there's bound to be a moment I hope there is where Davina the camper and the Vivian come face to face because I think like yeah. they're eyeing each other up. Yeah, they're, they're they're very wary of each other. We they sh- we describe them as almost like a pair of lionesses yes. kind of circling each other, mm-hmm. and because we see them interact very little so far, which is surprising, isn't it? For two such big personalities on the show. Yes, but it, like you say, it's like the the. We're building to some sort of crescendo, I think, in later episodes. Bagger, I think, is there for the ride, you know. I think Bagger's there for a good time. She's not a, she doesn't strike me as a hugely competitive person. She's there for a laugh and it's like if she gets a blue Peter badge a Rue Peter badge on the way, like great. She's selling it straight away. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically she's selling the Absolutely. It's the Vivian and Davina who have really something to prove, I yeah. think. And they see it in each other. They see each other's talents. I think they know that it's out of them too. I yeah. think I think they know that that's the co- the competition is yeah. each of them, and they haven't yet interacted. Uh-huh. And I think they are they're definitely sizing each other up. They yeah. definitely are because you're right; they haven't interacted. And they've but they're the biggest, they're, they're the biggest queens there. Definitely, you, you, I would have assumed that they would have kind of gone together. But yeah, Davina the camper was sitting with um the twinks. She was sitting <laughs> um the makeup station. <laughs> she's she's with blue hydrangea, scary yeah. cat, and yeah. um gothic Kindle. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I. Didn't think that you'd be sitting with them. I thought yeah. you'd be more sitting with Vivian and Beggar. Yeah. And I mean, when, you know, when she was given the opportunity as well, Viv kind of read Davina a little bit. You know, when she lined up everybody in order of talent. Oh, and last week. Um, she put Davina in the middle. And we were all really surprised by that, wasn't she? Yes. Um, so that, you know, I, I feel like, yeah, they've got such different styles as well, because in the sense that Davina is quietly confident. Uh, but also a huge self-critic and she just seems to do a lot of kind of like quiet contemplation plugging away um whereas um viv is out there in the room making her personality felt handing out advice being quite vocal you know being quite direct with people really being a very strong personality mm. so let's see what develops let's get into the main stage bring it to the hodgepodge hodgepodge <laughs> hodgepodge the category is posh on a penny, posh and a penny, drag yes. and a dime. Yeah. The first queen that we come that we have coming up is let's look at something wrong. Something wrong. Something so. was wrong. Oh bless with her. That girl. So with this, I think we could all acknowledge that it took it took talent to create a blazer. That I'm not a seamstress, but it strikes me that that takes that takes skill to do and she made out of a really weird materials plastic blinds unfortunately the execution just wasn't successful because 
Um, for, for some weird reason, there was no fastening. That was the first thing. She was holding it together on the runway, which made her walk funny. Um, she, other than that, it was like, it was quite chic. Why she wasn't wearing anything, under, she did explain why she wasn't wearing anything underneath, but it just, the, the look would have been so much more successful. Um, I think the skirt could have done with being longer, more of a pencil skirt, and really with a bit more finessing and a bit more, maybe she needed more time, who knows. It could have looked like a real kind of um, Melanie Griffiths in Working Girl. Chanel, maybe. Maybe Chanel, maybe a touch of Thierry Mugler, mm. kind of that 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 real kind of like 80s um, executive realness power suit silhouette. You know, had she had a clutch and had it fastened and had she had some really good accessories it would have been. It could have been fabulous. I just think she did a Latrice Royale like category. You know, there's a there's yeah. a beautiful like meme where it's like category is cowboy, category is schoolgirl, category is goth, yeah. and then Latrice is wearing the same outfit <laughs> for every <laughs> single one. I think that uh, in this case, I think that um something Wong did that in the sense that it didn't matter what the category was, yeah. she was she just made that. Do you know what I mean? It didn't fit the brief at all, but she's like, I want to make a jacket out of this. Yeah. Um. <laughs> she gets poor girl she gets body shamed again so last she week last week michelle um, read her on the on the runway saying back rolls when you could see her back fat yeah and then this week rupaul says she has a head for business and a body for arm wrestling it's just mm. <laughs> i don't know and i'm not gonna lie i thought it was funny but i but know it's i know that like, you're pc police so you're gonna be I like know, it's, uh, it's kind of not on. like they should they should not be commenting on or like they shouldn't be making fun of girls Body shapes. Yeah. Next up, we have Davina DeCampo walking out in that Eleganza Vivian voice world. Uh-huh. I saw Alexander McQueen. <laughs> I heard you say that you saw Bowie. Very much like Ashes to Ashes, Piero um, era, David Bowie. Um, I saw that in the kind of, you know, the clown like ruffle. The um the hair and makeup. There's also an element of kind of like fashion. Ronald McDonald, I thought, like Ronald, <laughs> Ma- Ronald McDonald went and got his hair relaxed, yeah. and this was the result. But the other thing was with the makeup. Um, we've seen this style of makeup a few times on Drag Race, and I think it's a bit of a go-to when somebody wants to look avant-garde. Is they do the stripe across, across the face. Across the oh, face. Oh yes, Alaska did that. Same um, same week as Detox mm. in in season two of All Stars. And it's one of those things like I don't really know where it comes from, but I've seen various pop stars like Annie Lennox, um, Marilyn Manson do it, and it's just kind of like, ooh, I'm being edgy, you know, <laughs> you know, ooh, look at me, my mm. edges are snatched. But her silhouette was gorgeous, you know, she was very straight up yes. and down. And they, they commented on how hard it was to work with that material. Yes, overall, hugely successful look, and also very patriotic color scheme, is very red, white, very and blue. Much so, but like you say, evocative of that kind of like. Vivian Westwood check kind of thing, wasn't it? It was good to have a guest judge who actually knew something about fashion and who yeah. actually was a seamstress. So it was Twiggy, and Twiggy was commenting on the technique that it would have taken to do that, especially without a pattern. Yeah, it's just nice to get um, judges who know what they're talking about. Twiggy was a fab judge because it week, educates the yeah. audience as well. It lets me know, oh, because I, I see that and I'm yeah. like, oh, that looks nice. And then she's saying it's really, really hard to do without a pad and that material. Yeah. So it's, it's really nice to get the kind of feedback mm-hmm. um, hearing the judges say that kind of thing. Twiggy was both constructive and, and encouraging. I thought yes. she was a fab judge. She was a great judge on America's Next Top Model yeah. as well. A very, very she good judge. She seems like a sweet lady. She is. Love her on Ab Fab as well. Moving on, let's look at Vinegar. Now, my favorite thing about vinegar's dress was her personality <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it you know she she does she does serve personality on the stage yes um i will say her mug was probably the best that she's looked this entire season she did actually look gorgeous from the neck up well the wig was flat but um it was beautiful blended makeup i don't know she looked like she'd really stepped her makeup up a notch actually and they didn't really comment on that but other than that it's like she'd fallen into the pile of shredded confidential waste at work hadn't she it just it was literally trash it was i wouldn't even recycle that she was wearing paper it's like she hot glued paper to a jacket she already owned was was she using she's not allowed to use a jacket as a base you know there was definitely something that she was using to put it on yeah well that's interesting I just, I just, <laughs> I just did it. It was, it was just also, so bad. Like, there's the, sc- the, the spray painted red crumples on 
on the the shoulder. I, th- I know that she was trying to make it look more avant garde by giving it asymmetry. Yes, because she kind of like had one sleeve and stuff, but it just looked so messy. It was just. And like the other thing was the details. It's like because she was wearing that new delusion bodysuit, and it's like, girl, I can see, I can see the neckline, I can see the end of the sleeves. It's like. It was new delusion. It really was. It was. Well, the thing was, like, she'd left herself no time to do this either because she changed so many times. Yes. Uh, she said something to something, like, this is concept number 1862. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, like, bless her. Like, it was... She'd been better off with the burger bun. I actually think that <laughs> it was, it she actually been. would have been she better, better been. with that. <laughs> so she had already... She had um, earlier constructed a, yeah. a burger bun kind of... It's, it's like, do you know, know what? That could have been cool if she'd somehow been able to create horizontal stripes that look like kind of mustard, lettuce, burger, and more burger bun underneath. That would have been actually quite fun. We've always questioned her aesthetic, and it just it has come to this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's come to this. This is the natural conclusion. Recycling kind of like it's. It's like she dipped this up in glue and jumped in a recycling <laughs> yeah, bin, really and then that. just was like, "Where's the runway? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm on now. I'm on now. Okay, here I go." And then her little walk that <laughs> yeah. she does, a little walk, nice little walk. Yeah. Um, next up, we have the Vivian. Oh God, that wig touched the oh. gods. Her wig was. I mean, the I, heavens. Yes. I think this is the same wig that she wore in the Meet the Queens, actually. And it gave me Roxy from The Misfits. We are the Misfits. Our songs are better. We are the Misfits. The Misfits. Okay. We're going to get it. Remember, Gem the Holograms? I do. Yes. <laughs> yes. That, that just gives me Roxy because it's massive 80s crimped. Yes, white blonde, so drag. Her Beautiful face. Big ass wig. Her makeup. Her like you cannot clock her makeup. It Absolutely is not. So damn good. What a stunner. Um, yes, the silhouette was gorgeous. I thought it was genius, and I loved her her confidence that she has. Yeah. As it just fills up the whole room, not a corner, a whole room. She really does, and she she really brings it to the stage. I would say that um. She, I, I actually felt like her silhouette was lost in this because I could see that there was something underneath, and she she pads beautifully. She's got a gorgeous shape, but um, the, all the black tape, it, her shape was lost. Also, it was kind of evocative of what Cheryl Hall wore as an entrance look. She wore a bodysuit with black tape hanging off it. I just think it's one of those things that might look great when you're lip syncing to it, but and and there's movement and there's drama. But I lost her shape and she was a bit swamped by it. Overall, that's a minor criticism. I still think she looked fab. Okay, but there we go. I also like the way that certain lighting hit it and it mm. looked like it shimmered. Like you know when you watch the ocean yeah. and then the moon's there and there's yeah. a nice glisten glow. It really reminded how me poetic. of that. Bloody hell, that was, that was lovely. Just like that, bam! I'm transported <laughs> to to, uh, to a moonlit oceanscape. Come on, drama. <laughs> Let's talk about blue hydrangea. To be honest, I'll say this: I didn't really like it. And like, first of all, I'm not a fashionista. I just didn't like really? it. And you ask me you? why? It's just because I didn't like the colours. That's cool. Do you know what the colours reminded me of? They reminded me of Penny Sweets, uh, fruit salad specifically. She made reference to rhubarb and custard, but to me, that bright pink and that um, bright yellow together makes me think of sweeties, specifically fruit salads. I don't know if you got them in New Zealand. No. The Penny Sweets over it. Well, I don't think they even do Penny Sweets anymore. But um, I thought her and Vivienne looked like um, the villain and the heroine from the same 80s cartoon. And it was a cartoon I wanted to watch. Thank you. Thanks for that. Thanks for that. Um, no, honestly, I thought I actually thought hers was a slightly more successful execution of a really similar concept to um, Viv's in that the streamers, in this case, added drama but didn't drown out her silhouette. Let's talk about Beggar's look. Now, Beggar is the prime example on how mm. performance can get you through a yeah. look. Because yeah. she does. She she really owns performance and she owns performance on the runway. Yep, She's because what she was wearing fun. was disgusting. Disgusting. <laughs> what the hell? Like, and when she turns around, it's like she was wearing diapers. I think you need was, to be more direct with your opinions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just really, really bad. I didn't, I didn't like it. It was there was no shape to it. It, it was yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like it all. I do, I do love the way that she sold it. I do love the way she walked out and camped it up. And I yeah. think that's, I think Beggar again, like I said before, her personality she relies on to push her past her aesthetic. In yeah. that case. Definitely, it definitely worked in her favor. I agree. I mean, she's so lovable. She's just a ball of fun and energy. Mm. 
um, I do think Coronation Street is like an eternal point of reference for her because she was giving me Rita Sullivan, Elsie Tanner vibes, you know, from the neck up at least. The, like you say, the outfit was kind of poorly executed, especially when she turned Not around. kind of, it was bad. She, when she turned around, you know, looked like, I, mean, I think she'd put put it over a corset and you can see the black just like sort of duct tape holding it together at back, the back and there was a gap as well that kept exactly. showing it just kind of looked messy um oh, I saw was messy man <laughs> thanks michelle williams yeah <laughs> thank you um the i will give her props for wearing something that was probably quite painful to wear um it was a bit like dusty ray bottoms in she in season 10 um uh, where um, she wore that that thing with the chicken wire on it that she had to change out of for the um, lip sync because it was cutting her. Like you could t- tell, poor Bagger was having to hold her arms up because I think it was painful to put her arms against the wire wall because mm. it's a horrible abrasive surface. The last queen that we're talking about is Crystal. Now I know that you loved her look. Here. I loved this. You look. just loved it. You ate it up. It was very, very much um, the kind of thing that I appreciate. In the um, she gave me, and she said it herself in the room where she was giving uh, Greco-Roman mythology. I thought the little um, the the feather touches that she had, like she had a little um, headpiece with feathers, is giving me femme kind of Hermes Mercury kind of vibe she was holding something that i thought was some sort of lamp but i couldn't really make it out um and then she had like sort of rococo um wallpaper on the corset didn't she and the really ingenious use of beach balls as a pen panniers um to give her that um french courtesan 18th century courtesan so which i will say comes up every season one girl every season does it we've seen Robbie Turner, we've seen Jinx, we've seen Raja, we've seen Manila Luzon, we've seen Detox all do this um, Marie Antoinette kind of silhouette. But this was really successful. The only criticism I'd say is it didn't look like trash. It was it was too good, <laughs> you know. It was a nice yeah. theatrical look, wasn't it? It was, it was, it was nice. It was, it was stunning. It was stunning. Mm. Um, it definitely was worthy of the top two. It, I mean, I didn't. Oh, I didn't like the. It looked to me the the gown. What would you call it? The panniers, whatever that was. Yeah. It just looked like two giant testicles on her <laughs> side, and I didn't really like it. Maybe it, they were her testicles. And it's because stop I, shaming the size of her testicles. <laughs> <laughs> Body shaming. I know. Yeah, maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I didn't really. I, I didn't. I didn't like it. It, it did look like two testicles. Okay, um, that's it. She, she was, that's my opinion. It's, it's a certain classical silhouette, though. Yeah. Um, the um, uh, yeah, I agree with you that in terms of you know these, the, it's a recurrent theme in these challenges. They like it if it looks somewhere between trash and fashion. If you can see the trash in there somewhere. Well, if you can, s- if you can see the brief. Yeah. Then yeah. I think I think that's going to be a big bonus. Now the winner of this challenge. You missed somebody out. Who? Cheryl. No, no, <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> that was no. We didn't miss anyone out. Sorry, Cheryl. Cheryl. Um. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So moving on. I like, uh, <laughs> I like the color scheme. I always like a bl- a, a black It's the and same color scheme. scheme. Yeah. And because she's got the knee high boots. Yeah. The black knee-high blues and then the yellow. Yeah. Do you remember what um Alyssa Edwards wore with a lipstick? The yeah, the kind of the bodysuit with the 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 lipstick. Oh uh, yeah. And the, then her, the high the, the rubber high challenge. Yes, and the high yeah. boots of the high. It was exactly that concept. Do you know what it reminded me of because she used the hazard tape in there. Ivy Winters in season five had an entire dress made out of. No, I'm wrong. Sorry. It was Yuha Hamasaki in season ten. She. In the equivalent Dragon of Dime challenge, she had a dress made out of hazard tape. Mm. Do you remember? Yes. Cheryl, bloody hell, be Cheryl, original. Get an idea, Cheryl. Like, you're probably <laughs> listening. <laughs> Friend of the Cheryl. pod. Honorary Jean Teeny. <laughs> um, I just want to, I do, well, I do want to see more Cheryl, but everything that we seem to be talking about when it comes to her, <laughs> it's just mm. like, I feel like we're always bringing up another drag queen because it's not yeah. original. It's, um, it, it kind of, it, you know, did she deserve it to be in the bottom? Probably. It was kind of cheap looking. I did love how huge her wig was, and she's always so pretty in the face. Yeah. Um. It just like yeah. It was it was some gloves and a bin bag, wasn't it? Mm. Spirit fingers. The winner of this challenge was um, Davina the Campo. Well deserved. 
And I was different. I was rooting for her. Your favorite look was Crystal's, wasn't it? Mine was, was Davina the Camper. Yeah. And I have to say that maybe the reason I also love Davina the Camper's look is because I'm loving Davina the Camper. Mm. And the way people feel about you is obviously going to change the way or, or affect how you see whatever they produce and yeah. i think that's definitely working on me i think my Absolutely. love for the camp is definitely coming through uh, there's a favoritism there for me yeah so if you're listening davina you know crystal was my favorite look but i perfectly see why ddc won mm. very very happy with her winning as well i think she's um, she's fabulous i think michelle visage brings up something very very important and she says you guys know RuPaul's Drag Race. And uh -huh. there's something that's also echoed out um, in the Mini Untucked. They're like, you have seen RuPaul's Drag Race for years since things are won. You guys know that there's going to be a sewing challenge. Yeah. There is just no excuse for you to come in and not be able to sew. Yeah. Because there was that trash that was glued to vinegar yeah. there was Cheryl Cole's outfit that was a total mess. Yeah. There were just some queens who obviously do not know how to sew. How? Yeah. Why would you put your name forward to go onto a show that you know that's going to be a big part of it? I will say though, a couple of girls in the past have won um, unconventional material construction challenges with hot glue and imagination. Ben de la Creme in the opening episode of season six. Mm -hmm. um, that was all done with hot glue and it looked fantastic. And but she's look, she's one in a million. Sharon Needles as well. One, two in a million. Um, Uma, stop. <laughs> stop trying to prove look oh, wow. stop embarrassing my, my Spain <laughs> my Spanish followers okay? no no I agree with you you know you, you I, uh, that, I think what I'm doing there is just saying you can get away with it but you shouldn't try yes don't rely on that don't rely on Sharon that. and Ben are huge personalities with fantastic imagination. I have to say that the, one of the funniest things of this episode is that um, <laughs> Vinegar Vinegar kind of <laughs> kind of comes for Cheryl yeah. about like how come you didn't learn how to sew <laughs> I mean look what I've constructed and it's like hun you are the last person that should be opening your mouth sit your ass and shut the hell up girl like I, I you cannot be talking right now <laughs> with what you're wearing how dare you you beast <laughs> you beast beast how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> that was um, no. I, th I thought that was a uh, that was a very precious moment. And mm. one thing that that's also um, there was it was also said by who was uh, Vivian. Vivian. Yeah. She's becoming so vocal. Vocal. Yeah. She came for something wrong, saying, mm -hmm. or rightfully so, saying, "Girl, I told you." This was not the time for you to start doing tailoring. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's not good enough. Um, mm -hmm. She expects people to... You know, she's given herself permission to speak to others in I, that way. She's, very, she's become very confident with yeah. telling people off. I would say um, we're a bit biased with Viv, aren't we? I didn't see a problem with the way that she communicated this episode, but I think she needs to be careful in case she alienates people with this kind of style of communication a couple of friends of mine friends of the pod Cassia and liz hi girls hey hey shout out um they they were a bit alienated by um the way she conducted herself in this episode and i i see where they're coming from mm -hmm. i think i think viv is a straight shooter i think she's got huge confidence and i don't think she said anything untruthful this no, episode um so i think she she should be careful not to go any further. She doesn't. She should be careful not to be seen as picking on anyone. Yeah. Especially somebody who's like got an endearing underdog quality, like something wrong. Um. But I didn't have a problem with the way she conducted herself this episode. Mm. She's. I, I didn't. I. I think that the edit this episode. Yeah. The edit started to um maybe paint. Yeah. Her as they're starting to paint her as their opinionated bitch. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. she is an opinionated person. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's a lot of truth behind what she says. Yeah. You know, she's not being she's not just going and attacking people. Like no. there's I mean if it was if, if it was repeated by RuPaul, yeah, then you know that it's it's coming from it's actually coming from a pace of love. The other thing is like she's she was giving Good advice. Clearly, she's so confident. She doesn't really see say, anybody as a she, threat. Yeah, she, she doesn't so she's like, doing a Bianca Del Rio, isn't yeah, it? She's she like, is, I'll yeah. help you do that because I'm just yeah. not threatened by you. I just, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm actually helping you out, girl, but you're not going to win. Yeah, she's not doing a Fifi O'Hara and giving advice to kind of sabotage people. Oh, gosh. Yes. <laughs> that was it. So the lip sync is between the bottom two is um, something wrong and vinegar. Yeah. Now, going into this, I had I what I told Doctor Tom is is something wrong, not something wrong. Vinegar, 
Vinegar? Mm-hmm. Yes. Vinegar had to do something that was amazing yeah. in order. She couldn't just give a good lip sync. She had to do something that was amazing to keep her here. Yeah. Um, given her track record so far. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, she didn't really deliver that at all. She <laughs> there's a moment where she jump off. Bless, bless her. She tries to do this kind of this catwalk <laughs> across the stage, but because she's wearing all that lycra, she's actually slipping. So it's yeah. like she's trying to hold herself up and keep her balance. And like <laughs> Michelle, <laughs> it's all captured in Michelle's face. Yeah, she's like, yeah, yeah. "Girl, what the hell are you doing?" She was trying to be a bit sachet, Shante Panther on the runway, yes. wasn't she? I, but she was more alley cat. No, on the runway, yes, I think. And, and something Wong is like. I, I felt like something Wong was very, very Alvis-like with her pointing. Elvis, yeah, her yeah. pointing and the way her hand placements mm. were. She, they both gave a lot of face. They both Amazing. performed and gave face. Yeah, yeah. They, they both gave good face. Yeah. Um, Interesting choice of lip sync song. I mean, I love the Eurythmics. I wouldn't have chosen "Would I Lie to You." You know, when you've got options like. Uh, there must be an angel or sweet dreams. Yeah, but there we go. This is what they chose. Probably cheaper. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was really, really, really great. Had this been yeah. the first lip sync, had, yes. had, it was both of their first time on the bottom. Mm-hmm. I thought that um, Vinegar would have won. Yeah, but because Vinegar had already been there, mm-hmm. she had to do something a bit more. And I think Vinegar knew because by the end, I think her performance came became a bit desperate. L- may potentially, potentially. I think a bit. It became like, come on, I gotta do something. I gotta do something really, really good. She did like doing a yeah, lot of shimmy. She was feeling the pressure. Wasn't yeah, she. Really? She really was feeling because she knew that she had to be amazing just to stay. And something yeah. Wong was giving good face, giving good points. <laughs> Point um, sister. Yeah, very, very like there, mm. there, there. Walk, rips off her skirt during it, and then she just. You actually said you liked her look. <laughs> I kind, I kind of like the silhouette better because the skirt—it was—it was one of those like skirts where you should. I thought it should have been a pencil skirt, really. Mm. So it's like with that length, I think she was better off ripping it off. And it was kind of like a, a sort of, um, uh, yeah, kind of like blazer and no bottoms kind of look, like you know, Gaga at the beginning of her career. Mm. Um, it's well, quite fun. Let's give a big congratulation to Something Wong who thi- stayed, yeah. who won the lip sync. I think she did so well and surprised everybody that she held her own against Vinegar, to be honest. Yep. And that, that's probably what got her the win. Um, I'm actually really sad to see the Vinegar go, especially the week before the Snatch Game. I know. It's, it's like, come on, like, Rue, you should have just kept her there yeah. for the fact that next week is Snatch Game. Yeah. You want a West End performer on the bloody Snatch Game. She has left her legacy. She's definitely uh, so far the heart. Do you think she'll get Miss Congeniality? Quite possibly. She was a sweetheart. Yes. Throughout this episode, people were giving her the feedback about her um, looks and stuff, and she was taking it with gentle good humour. Yeah. She left, you know, clearly gutted, but she was just very sweet. She embraced something. Mm. Clearly a sweetheart. Mm. All right, that's episode three. Let us know what you think, but before you go, let's listen to a mob cast yeah. uh, where we interviewed um, Miss Barbie, who the was outside Superstar. She was working the door outside Superstar Boudoir, and she's a friend of the Vivian. Yes, isn't so she? here it is her. And and thank you to Miss Miss Barbie for being so gracious and, and chatting to us. We hope to catch you again soon. Hey, so we're outside Superstar Boudoir, and we bumped into a local drag queen. Can I grab your name, please? My name's Bobby Pink, I'm a drag queen, I work at Superstar Boudoir and OMG Liverpool. I've been on the scene in Liverpool for about 14 years. Wow, it's, it's amazing, quite a legacy there then. What would you describe as your main talents? What do you bring to the table? I'm a door hall and basically I just meet and greet people, entertain, do you know what I mean? Everyone knows Barbie in Liverpool, so yeah. I get paid to get drunk, which is fun. What, what was the other question you had? Um, <laughs> He's had a few prosecos. A lot of the questions that we get asked is, is RuPaul's Drag Race UK representing UK drag honestly and accurately? What is your opinion on that? I love RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, I've always watched it since being a child. I can remember watching RuPaul when he used to make his videos being a kid. I think inspiration and stuff, but the Vivian is my friend. She's our local resident DJ, so we go back a long time, do you know what I mean? I think she's the best in the business. She's old school glamour. She looks amazing, everything's on point, and I reckon she's won. What, what skills do you think you need to be a fabulous drag queen? What skills do you need to be a fabulous drag queen? Obviously, you've got to look good, you've got to present yourself, like the way you hold yourself, you've got to be polite to people and stuff, you just can't be bitchy. Everyone will say Barbie's not a bitchy drag queen, most drag queens are bitchy, they throw shade, that's not me. 
What what is Barbie's drag? Barbie's drag's kind of old school glamour. Obviously, I'm a transsexual, so it's it more like, is it a boy, is it a girl? It's more like over-exaggerated. I'm a glamorous woman, but I've still got a bit of class. I've done all types of drag, like club kids. I've done white face, all kinds, like big sweaty tits, headdresses, a lot. I've done everything, so I've done all calibers of drag. Do you think that RuPaul's allowing the flexibility or allowing representation for drag, for all types of drag? I think it should allow all types of drag, because it doesn't matter who you are, what you are. At the end of the day, I do drag, I like to give back, and obviously doing drags saved me, it saved my life, it's made me become a transsexual woman, and obviously I like to help people and give people advice, and people would be like, oh, I want to dress up, and like, well, come and do it, be yourself, honey, and they're like three months down the line, oh, I've dressed up, and this is me, do you remember, I'm like... I may have had a drink, but you look fabulous, honey. <laughs> but it's just nice to help and give back and, do you know what I mean? What about, there's another thing that keeps on coming in this series, I think, and that's kind of like old school versus new school drag. And it feels like there's a bit of a divide in the queens that are in this season. What, what's your opinion on that? There is definitely a divide, but I think being a drag queen, you have to have a good silhouette, the way you hold yourself, present yourself. I personally think being a transsexual, being a queen, you have to wear a boob. That's everyone's own opinion, but obviously I've got breasts, I'm a transsexual, but I still do fake boobs. Okay, but nice. it's about exaggerating. Come on, come on, real nurse, you just showed her. Come on, pump it up. You have to wear a corset and whatever. It's your job, isn't it? It's drag. It's fun. Can we just say as well, Barbie is looking stunningly glamorous and beautiful here. We're serving full elegance in a in a nude embellished dress. She's absolutely stunning. Very huge black hair. Maybe it took four hours. Four oh. hours to get ready, honey. Did you just wake up like this? Wake up. I got work. Fine. She woke up like this. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. And that was Barbie. Thank you so much for letting us interview. It was yeah. amazing. And also that was our review on episode three. Yeah. What did you think? Please let us know. Yeah. Find us on some social media platform. <laughs> Hopefully it's out there soon. <laughs> yeah. But can we please ask that you um, share, tell your friends about us, and also yeah. leave us a review mm-hmm. on platforms such as iTunes, yeah. on Spotify. It would really, really help us get it, out there. That, it'd be fab if you could, guys. Yes. And you know, again, just um, we're amazingly touched and humbled to think that we're communicating with people around the world. Um, and yeah, just sending you lots of uh, good vibes. Good vibes, guys. Yes, good vibes. Yeah. Well, we're out now. Thank you so much for listening to Spilling the GNT with Paolo and Dr. Dr. Tom. Tom. We'll see you next week. Lots of love, guys. See you soon. See ya. Bye bye.